Come stop and take a trip down on my block Where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than Ginsu And ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside From my side to your side, from Dutch Town to South Side From Penrose to North Side, from Benton Park to Old North The West End, the West Side, we bless when we step out We stand down, rise up, stand together, wise This is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. In this week's episode, our Stitchcast talks about their favorite horror movies that are based on true events. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Hello everybody, under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitchcast Studio. I'm your host, Brandon Lewis, and I'm accompanied by two veteran members of our Stitchcast. First, we got Emira. How you feeling? I'm great. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We got Lord in the building. How you feeling, my boy? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, what's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't tell by the time that you're listening to this podcast, we are in the Halloween spirit. You know what I'm saying? And we we was doing some talking yesterday, and we like scary movies and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Just the spirit of Halloween, the costumes, and all of that good stuff. But one of my favorite parts is the scary movies. Amityville Horror, Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm. uh, uh, The Exorcist. Shoot. Man, the list can go on and on. But the thing is, for a few of these horror movies, there is a added layer of terror. You know what makes a scary movie even scarier? What makes a scary movie even scarier? When you find out that it's based on a true story. Really? I don't know if I don't know if it makes me feel scared. But I feel like knowing that a movie is a movie, even when you suspend in your disbelief, mm-hmm. knowing that a movie is a movie kind of takes some of the scare out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like you looking at like 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 while you watching the story, yes, you're feeling the emotions that you're supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, looking at that movie, you know it's a movie. But when you seeing a movie's depiction mm-hmm. of something that happened in real life the added layer of reality to me enhances the thrill of watching a movie mm. because it's not like you watching you know movie magic and somebody teleported in somebody's house and you know what i'm saying and killed them or whatever and this is an indestructible person that got shot 50 times and still living and all of that that's not what it is mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying this is an actual realistic person like this actually happened I think that's how I feel for any movie, really. That's based off a true story. It just brings more impact and more interest. Felt, felt. Really? Yeah. Am I the only decent, sensitized person? But (laughs) Um, I don't like. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not. I'm. I'm not fond of like the exorcists and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. I'm more of like a thriller type of scary movie type suspense, of person. Felt, felt, More felt, suspense. Yeah, suspense, felt, thriller. Felt, felt. Yeah, and I would so say that much. thriller is like a cousin to horror. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not water. completely separated, yeah. but it's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I, I guess I've just desensitized myself from like, you know what I'm saying, like horror movies. Like, I trip off them. I don't know. Some of the stuff being there be funny, but I be like, dang, that's so, messed up. 
fucked up. Oh no, I stopped laughing at him after Paranormal Activity, Dang. the first one. No, nah, that was wild. Like, that was not a comedy movie. Because no, I mean, look, I mean, look, because okay. I was laughing because I had never seen nothing like that. Felt. So to me, it was fake. Uh, <laughs> felt, felt. You know what I'm saying? But when it was time for me to turn those lights off and go to sleep. <laughs> Hurt. I wasn't All laughing anymore. So like you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> like huh, the dark is actually kinda <laughs> mm-hmm. felt, felt, felt. Alright. So in the spirit of Halloween, in the spirit of horror, and in the spirit of blurring the lines between reality you know, and, and and fiction, thought it'd be cool if we went through some of the real stories behind some of our favorite horror movies. I got a couple. Well, I don't know about a favorite, but I got, I, got said, I, I got a couple. You know what I'm saying? I got a couple I want to bring to felt, felt, to the felt. table or something. Right. So who want to go first? I guess I can get mine. No. Yeah, I can get mine out the way. So felt. Uh, Annabelle. Mm-hmm. I kind of found that it was crazy because you got this evil spirit in this dial yeah. that's causing all this stuff. That's crazy. The uh, Conjuring. I'm gonna put Conjuring just all the Conjuring series Felt. with that. I like the Conjuring. Yo, the Conjuring movies are based off of a real couple. Yeah, they really. Yeah, dang. I don't know why I didn't think about that when I was going through my movies. And I just I just put them as a series because all is in common. I think they all in the same universe. Is you know as you say. Yeah, they all exist in the same. And universe. then uh, my last one was Black Phone. Even though it's not based on a true story. Still need to be brought to attention, felt. especially around the holiday time of uh, Halloween. Felt, felt. These kids, man. Mm-hmm. Safety felt. is key. And it's it's like too. I think with the black phone, a big thing for me was that nobody was really paying attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Nobody was like it, it. It showed me like as in our normal everyday life, like we overlook so much stuff to the point where. Like how they were the killer could be your brother, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. literally, you know what I'm saying? And, and it was crazy to me that it took a little kid to figure it out. A little girl, at that. but it was like it was it was more real to me because she was having dreams. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And like I ain't never had a dream that solved no murder, but I've had dreams that showed me a problem before. You know, it became a big problem. So, you know, that one kind of resonated with me a little bit more. I actually ain't seen this movie. Ain't this, ain't this a new movie? It's uh, relatively it came out last year. Yeah, last year. I heard, so I just ain't seen it. It's on Peacock. Is it worth watching? Yeah, definitely. Felt, felt, felt. All right, definitely. Bad, bad, bad. The little girl savage. So yeah, you would like her. Felt. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You know what time it is? Time for another Stitchcast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right, it's time to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitches original song entitled Gunshots. Every day is surviving, I'm a walking testimony Don't listen to that silly rapper cause he's just a phony He rap about guns but he don't know that life A contradiction is reality don't coincide I know what's happening, imagine me on day level It's unfathomable, too conscious I can't settle I wrap my head around 
found it Why people be so evil Carrying dirty guns Concealing them is illegal And even worse You're turning them on your own kind Killing each other Which brother gon' end up in that pine Wood box, no socks Six feet, the other gon' get time Jammed up with heat A baby girl died I cried, can't bring her back These bullets ain't got no names God ain't blessing no traps These blasphemous buffoons Adding fuel to the flames Bragging on they shooters All they do is bring us pain When we hang out Somebody every day to senseless acts of violence Be on your merry way, can't fix the problem with silence People, let's talk about it, don't just be a bystander Need to develop a system that can provide answers To this contemporary crisis, ain't speaking ISIS Domestic terrorism leaving neighborhoods lifeless Right in America, the war is in our backyard Traveled for years and we still ain't made it that far To where we can say that it's okay, people civilized Does anybody care if the future live or dies? And I'd advise to the wise, better listen to the young Before they mess up and do something dumb Cause these guns, these lack of funds, no resources Support this, it's no longer safe On front porches can't hang out Gunshots, stay inside Gunshots, non-stop Gunshots, stay like there Gunshots, nighttime or gunshots Around the clock, the young drop Wait, 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 Tell others to do the same Don't carry nothing if it ain't registered in your name Record the make, model, serial number, information So if it come a-missing, you can find a location Call 9-11 whenever you hear some gunshots Call the police if you witness a crime on your block If an organization improves life for the youth Donate a volunteer your time Give them a boost Help a struggling parent Whose burdens weigh a ton Become a mentor Earn and learn Hire the young They say I am the one I guess I'm on a list Clean up my neighborhood Participate in ownership Make it a model Gotta look out for each other If we get to know our neighbors We can fix it like sisters and brothers I can't trust you Then how can we ever begin To build peace I keep losing my friends When they hang out Gunshots Stay inside So there was this guy, Robert DeFeo, and um, he and his family moved into this house. He was a son. He had two sisters, mm-hmm. a brother, mama, and daddy. Do you have any animals? He had, he had, he had two brothers, actually. No, nah, no animals. Mm-hmm. Two, so brothers. two brothers, two sisters? Two brothers, two sisters, a mama, and a daddy. So, so six, seven of them. Yeah, seven people. Six. Six kids. Yeah, six kids. And my apologies, he didn't Wait, have a brother. My bad, five kids. 
five kids. Where's the math? No, no, no. The no, math no. ain't mathing. So, like, doing so right, if he it, had it was two, a family of six. Okay, there we go. Together. There That's we what go. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it was a family of six. And um, Robert and his family bought this house. Well, he was just a son. He ain't buy nothing. And he lived there. Okay. And um, his dad was really abusive. And just like he was an alcoholic, he was like a main guy. He wasn't a nice guy. And um, this caused Robert to become an alcoholic. And one night at about 3.15 a.m., <clears throat> Robert went through each room of his family's house with a shotgun. Wait, who did? Robert. It's a little boy? So he could, yep. He, could, uh, he wasn't a little boy. He was like, I, I don't know, 22. Um, but yes, he killed his entire family. Now the weird thing about it is in this house, it's a house, and that's a shotgun. Nobody hears nothing. And like the police even said neighbor neighbors didn't hear no shots. Nobody heard shots. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, each room he walked in, the family member was asleep, bow, shot him. He said once it started, like he couldn't do nothing to stop it. It was like he didn't have control of his body mm. and he remembered hearing voices so he argued this in court um or his his defense argued it in court now the prosecution had a psychiatrist who argued that he didn't have any disorder that would cause him to hear voices what he did have was antisocial personality disorder mm. So the psychiatrist's conclusion was that A, he didn't hear no voices, but B, he didn't think that murdering his family was wrong. Mm. So um, it's interesting because I thought the rule was if you're not sane enough to tell whether or not what you're doing is right or wrong, mm. then, um, you're, then you're not guilty. But... That's not what happened. This guy got six uh, life sentences. Dang. And he did they give him the chair? No. Oh, they just let him do all this whole time. Yeah. So yeah. he just died in jail. Well, he's still alive. He's actually still serving his sentence. Dang. Yeah. Um. It's amazing. So this is the weird thing. Like maybe a year after those murders, this family uh named the uh Lutz family. Uh 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 George Lutz and his family. George was the man. He had two daughters and a wife. So this family of four um they was looking for a house uh and they found this house. Oh, man. The thing house. is the house was out of their budget. The house was like eighty thousand something and they had a budget of thirty to fifty thousand. Jeez. But they just felt drawn to the house for whatever reason. Oh, so they ended up buying the house and they said almost immediately after. And what the crazy part is they were told that the murders happened. Mm. And George basically was like, well, houses don't have memories. So <laughs> it's all good. You know what I'm saying? It happened. They gone. Mm -hmm. It's just, this is just a house. You know what I'm saying? It's the people in the house that make it what it is. Mm. So... You know it's real here to take a deep breath. <laughs> George kind of underwent a personality change when he uh, moved into the house. So, like, uh, here, I took notes on this because I thought it was interesting. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he underwent, like, a personality change. He um, became, like, cold. 
and like like what aggressive or not just a basically aggression and anger was really the only emotions that he was showing mm. so if any time the wife or kids came to him with a problem he was just like you know what I'm saying like so you know you'll be alright you know what I'm saying deal with it or whatever like like he he basically shrugged it all off the weird thing is the mama started aging like or she looked like she was aging like Jeez. really fast like so much so that they couldn't sometimes they couldn't recognize her yeah mm. they couldn't recognize her sometimes and the daughter ended up with an imaginary friend i can believe that um yeah and they figured the daughter was just you know a normal kid yeah 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 um one of the things that would happen in the house was that they would hear a band playing in the basement but whenever they would go to the basement there wouldn't be nobody there dang you know what i'm saying they weren't invited Oh, <laughs> that was crazy. But yeah, the band would play, and nobody would nobody would be there when they actually went down to look at it. Another weird thing that happened was that George would wake up every morning at three fifteen, and he couldn't go back to sleep. I heard that's a common number with the supernatural. Felt, and if you remember, three fifteen was the time that Robert killed his family. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason George and at the time he don't know this you yeah. know what I'm saying so whatever reason he just waking up at uh, he just waking up at 315 every day or whatever so eventually they all agree like yo something weird is happening mm-hmm. so something weird is going on with the house so they get a priest to help them with the house and now it don't say that the the story doesn't say that the uh, priest experienced nothing super crazy mm-hmm. while helping them, but the priest did decide to write a book about what was going on. So one day, the family got up that morning, and I was like, "Look, we're gonna pack some bags. We're gonna we're gonna just spend a couple of days away from the house. You know, I so said we're just gonna we're just gonna get get away from the house for a little bit, or mm-hmm. whatever." And they never came back. So they packed these bags. They planned on leaving for a couple of days, but they ended up never coming back. They didn't care about coming back to get their stuff. None of that. Dang. The priest wrote this wrote this story or whatever. Mm-hmm. And after finishing it, he had a heart attack. But he doesn't blame. He, he survived. Uh-huh. And he doesn't blame what happened for the um, heart attack. He um The only weird thing the priest experienced in the house while trying to help them was uh like he ended up getting stuck in a room and a bunch of flies appeared out of nowhere this is the middle of the winter you know what i'm saying so it shouldn't be a bunch of flies or whatever but uh that was the only weird thing that happened to the priest but there were two really weird things that happened with him writing this book the first one was he gave a couple pages to a, a lady friend of his and um she took him home to read them but the night she brought him home there was a house fire she died in the house fire but when they went through like damages collecting everything out of the house the script was completely unharmed mm. it was unharmed another friend that he gave a couple chapters to to read he needs to stop giving those stuff <laughs> <laughs> another friend he gave a couple chapters to to read mm. uh put it in his trunk his car ended up going into a river 
The friend made it out. He didn't die. He didn't drown, but he almost did. They uh, when they got the car out the river and opened up the trunk, the only thing that wasn't wet was the script. That is so wild. For the uh, or 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 the the manuscript for the book. Crazy, right? Yeah. So the weird thing is, I'm not telling y'all things that happened in the movie. This is the true story yeah. behind the movie. Mm. What's the name of the movie? Amityville Horror. And that's why I didn't want to say the town in the beginning, because then it would have told y'all where it was. But Amityville is a real place. Yes, that's it's right. a city. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the town that they lived in. But yeah, and so in the movie, a couple things get dramatized or whatever. But in my opinion, the regular story is oh, you need. weird enough. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> you feel me? So, like, so yeah. the family is still alive, though, right? Um. Yeah. Okay. Not only is the family still alive, but the house has actually been sold a couple times since then. So did the lady ever? Did her agent ever rewind or stop at all? When they left the house, everything went back to normal. Wow. Oh yeah. So they was like, yeah, we're not going back. Yeah, like we gravy on this. Like the last time the house uh was sold was in 2016. Hey yo. And it was sold for like six hundred some thousand. They didn't bro. They ain't dropped their price. Six hundred thousand. Yeah. I think they need. Now look, this the thing. The time before that, the most recent time it was sold was two thousand ten, and at that point it was sold for nine hundred thousand something, bro. So whoever houses are supposed to appreciate in value. So whoever sold it six years, twelve years later, getting curious about that. They was like, yeah, you feel me? Just give me. Like, uh, no, it was just six years. I'm tripping. But uh, yeah, whoever sold it six years later was like, "Look, bro, <laughs> you uh, how about this? Would you take it for this? You know what I'm saying?" So uh, that's wild. But the one thing that's interesting to me is that even though no new reports of nothing paranormal was happening or coming out at least, nobody's keeping the house either. You know what I'm saying? They keep selling it. You know what I'm saying? They keep it for a few years and then they sell it. Or they just don't destroy it. Mm-hmm. Can they? Uh, I mean, if you own the house, you can do whatever. No, I'm saying like the the script wouldn't wasn't oh, yeah, getting destroyed. Set, so set a house fire, whole house just burnt. You know what I'm saying? That's real. That's real. The whole frame of the house still there. Just looking at you, man. And that's all they time. need. But yeah, that's why it's wild. Is wild. Yeah, and, it is yeah. Wild. and so yeah, they still selling and buying this house. Um, bro is still in jail. And it did kind of make me because I feel like if you're somebody that believes in the spiritual, then you can't exclude the possibility of ghosts or possession or whatever. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So How do like, you lock up a, a spirit though? You feel me? You put it in the bell though. And so the I mean you got it. I don't know. But what about the person that they possessed? Right. Like if you all right. So um, you was talking about uh the conjuring. Hmm. The third Conjuring movie, mm-hmm. the case that was in that movie, that was actually the first time that somebody was uh, ruled as not guilty for murder by way of possession. Yep. Mm. That was the first time. They did get him. They did get him off. He did. He did get out. Did he get any counseling, though? Yeah. I don't know. I think he got a therapist. Got you. I, I bet he did. I bet he did. Yeah, I, think I he got would a therapist hope so. the priest. I would hope he got a therapist, but um, so yeah, there. So it has happened since then, where somebody got possessed, killed somebody, and then they was like, no, 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 no. he was possessed, mm. and he went free. But yeah. So one of the movies that I was actually 
surprise that was based off of true events was the movie Scream. Oh yeah, word. Yep. Yeah. It says it was like um, the guy who was making the movie was watching a special, and he was called the Gainesville Ripper, mm-hmm. and he basically went around with a knife and killed like five students from. Damn. Yeah, from the school that he went to, and so I think I saw a documentary on that before. And yeah, and then it was like the guy that was watching the the documentary was so freaked out to the point where he was like visualizing this guy outside of the house that he was mm-hmm. uh, house sitting at, and so that's kind of like where the scene came from of him being outside of the house, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it is wild. That's uh, Wes Craven. Oh, okay, okay. Wes Craven. Thank you. Boy, that man is different. So, yeah, that's where that came from. Jaws was based on true events. Word. Yep. Uh, it, Everybody thinks that it was based off of, I think, like one main event, but he said that he actually started writing it because of... An incident that happened in 1964. Word. And the man had to try to fight off a 4,500 pound great white shark. They get that big? Yes. On the shores of Long Island. My God. 4,500 pounds. So then another one that I had to research too was because I really enjoyed the movie Cocaine Bear. Yeah. But a lot of that was fabricated. Yeah. It was based on true events. You know, the guy, I don't remember his name. Um, but the guy um, was throwing the cocaine off the plane. Yeah. Um, some of it ended up in parts of Missouri. Some mm-hmm. of it ended up in Tennessee. It was just all over. And I think they found his body in somebody's driveway. Yeah. Was it in Tennessee? Yeah. I think so. Nashville, and, Tennessee. Yeah. And then I think they said like Catahoochee, the forest in Tennessee. That's where the bear was. Got you. The bear was actually not as big as people think it was, too. It was actually pretty small. It so. was only 175 pounds. Really? Yes. You paid nothing for it. And it was, it was only four or five years old. So it Crazy. wasn't even fully... Oh, yeah, that ain't nothing for a bird. I ain't worried about no burly 200 pound bird. I ain't even gonna fake it. And they said his stomach was filled with cocaine. Mm. And they think he only survived like 30 to 45 minutes after that. So, from, you know, overdose. Yeah, ingesting so, all that. I think that bear is was taxidermied and is on display now. Mm. And so, and so, and some, some museum. But, uh, so yeah, that made me a little sad because the movie was actually really good. I so, mean, I shouldn't actually. I shouldn't be sad. I actually should be happy because in the movie that bear ripped a lot of people to shreds. Yeah, so yeah. I'm happy that you know people didn't get hurt in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm mad because while I was watching the movie, I thought that you know mm-hmm. this was what was happening in real life. But so. no. And it, the movie was kind of funny too. I mean, is that considered a horror movie? It was a lot of blood and like the bear was like went on a killing spree. Yeah. So, huh? I guess it depends on the person that made the movie, 
what they consider it to be, I guess. I guess we have to look it up. But yeah, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Stitchcast. I am not your host, <laughs> but this is Emira. Thank should, you for having we should, me. We should uh, keep that in there to flip them up, flip, flip them out. Yeah, on me, right? You done did millions of intros and outros. You was doing this before I was doing it. You got it. You got it. Take it away, my my esteemed coworker, the one that's been here longer than I have. <laughs> Team member. <laughs> thank all you all for listening to. Another episode of Stitch Cast. I did have fun. So thank you so much for listening. And teamwork make the dream work, you feel me? Absolutely. Yeah, we hope you found this insightful, entertaining, you know. If you're in between the ages of 16 and 24 and you want to know how you can become a part of our Stitch Cast family, we encourage you to go to storystitchers.org. That's storystitchers.org. And uh, yeah, you can find out, you know, what we're doing next. Where we going to be at, where the next place we're performing, how you can help us. You know what I'm saying? We always accepting donations. Um, that being said, we want to thank you for listening. I have been Brandon Lewis signing off with Lord. Ooh, I did it, God, I did it. <laughs> and Mira already said by the y'all. So that being said, we out. I am not a human being. Story Stitches is supported in part by the Lewis Prize for Music's 2021 Accelerator Award. The mission of the Lewis Prize is to partner with leaders who create positive change by investing in young people through music. Additional support for Stitchcast Studio and Story Stitches Youth Programs is provided by the City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2023, Trio Foundation of St. Louis, and Deaconess Foundation. St. Louis Story Stitcher Studio for Creative Youth Development called The Center. It's supported in part by Kranzberg Arts Foundation, where we are a proud resident organization. Stitchcast Studio depends on support from individuals like you. To lend your support, please visit storystitchers.org and donate today. Thank you for listening. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches. Story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.